You're listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. All right, you guys, here we go. Episode number ninety-four of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron, live from the Les Schwab Studios in South Lake Union, and I am Don O'Neill, live from uh, Queen Anne Mountain. Ron, moments ago, uh, you heard the trumpet blowing, uh, and I have to say. Did, did you hear a difference? Because my son was nine last week. Now he's 10. And I'm, I'm feeling like the trumpet playing has even gotten better. What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's basically a man now. Yeah. And is. so uh, he's playing more manly than he was. Like nine-year-old is a little boy. But a 10-year-old, yeah. it's clearly a, a pre-man. Yeah. So, like, his playing is definitely reflective of that. I think just his whole countenance, really. Yeah. Um, I did hear him in the background correct you, hmm. uh, calling him a nine-year-old because he's yeah. clearly ten now. Daddy, I'm ten. Yeah. Corrected. I tell you what, uh, I have great respect for all the parents out there because now I'm a martial arts teacher. I have to give him his. Uh, he has a belt test this week, and I, who am not a martial arts person, uh, I am conducting the belt test on behalf of Master Purcell at the Black Belt Academy. So, so we'll be doing your, that. Your, new, your new roles, your music teacher. I am. At, we're, we just your, got done with your, music. Uh, math professor. Yeah. Your, we, uh, math, math, is coming, math is coming up here in a couple your, minutes. Yep. Your coach. Yeah, that's right. So, And then you're also uh, social media director. Of course I am, yes. Tech, technology IT guy. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you're wearing a lot of hats right now. English yeah. teacher. Yeah, we haven't even got into history. And then on top of that, uh, I have to say, I have to it just, I, I am appreciative for this time. I am. I, I am appreciative for the time that I have with him. And I know this is really grinding and wearing on parents right now when you have to do all those things. And then on top of that, you're thinking about, okay, uh, where, how, how am I going to be feed my family next month? Or when am I going to get back to work? When will I have the opportunity to do that? And we're going to talk about that a little bit in episode 94 of the Ron and Don Show, because some Southern states right now are beginning to do things this week that a lot of folks wish we would begin to do on the West Coast, but go, the governors, in a, and they're in alignment with each other, from California, Oregon, and the great state of Washington, uh, they are really approaching the 19 uh, very, very carefully. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, also, also, we have to talk about Americans right now poisoning themselves. And what are they doing at the Lysol plant right now to try to keep up with everything that's happening and going on? First, before we get to that, I want to get to this. Uh, Eric Powers, one of the great DJs um, here in Seattle. I like to watch him online because sometimes he does some pretty funny stuff and you probably remember him from the cube days and i think he's on power now he does afternoons on power so he like a lot of us and he actually eric powers actually has a lot of hair he invited his 12 year old daughter to cut his hair and he did this live online and i'm telling you at the age of 12 he may never have to go out and hire a barber again she did a fantastic cut and it was high and tight and to go high and tight because i try to go high and tight as you can see with my haircut and i did this yesterday and my hat is back on today but i'm thinking maybe what i should do because i want it high and tight like eric is maybe i just my son's 10 now 
maybe I hand him the clippers a little bit later on this afternoon and see if he can take my hair uh, high and tight. And well, maybe we'll I do, found, maybe I found we'll a website it. for you. Oh, you did? What do you There's got? There's a new website out called youprobablyneedahaircut.com. <laughs> and so the way that it works is, oh. is five-star stylists from around the world will That's video awesome. chat with you on, like, Zoom. Okay. And they will train you in real time wow. how you can do the haircut. So you get your tools together like your son, and then right. you, you FaceTime with this uh, stylist, and they walk you through all the steps to make you get as good a cut as humanly possible uh, and still stay at home. So it's, wow. it's you probably need a haircut.com. And so far they have, it's two reviews. Yep. I love my boyfriend, but he looked hideous. You saved my life. That's from Sarah <laughs> F. in Hollywood. And yeah. then things were looking grim. I never thought I could give myself a decent cut. That's from Michael Duncan in Williamsburg, uh, New York. And yeah. so, yeah, it's a four-step process, and they are booming right now. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit, because when we look, at, for instance, if if you are somebody that is – your hairstylist and, and you work in a salon and chances are you may have not put a lot of money away for a rainy day. Cause you're, you're too busy paying your bills today, feeding yourself, taking care of yourself, taking care of your family. Um, and then all of a sudden the government says, Hey, you can't cut hair right now. Uh, we're still going to be, uh, having an expectation that you're still going to pay your taxes now sometime in July. Uh, the IRS is completely, inundated with people that are looking for returns right now and they say there are trucks just filled with mail that they can't even get to and they can't even go through because the irs is trying to work from home right now so the difficulty is if you if, if, if you're a blue collar person and you have asked the government for a small business loan well you found out that the shake shack and you also found out that uh there's certain restaurants out there uh ruth chris steakhouse for instance uh, they took millions of dollars. Shake Shack took millions of dollars. Uh, there's a lot of big companies and corporations out there that took millions of dollars. These are not small businesses. As a result of this now, Shake Shack is giving that money back. We'll see if Ruth Chris Steakhouse does that. But I'm really concerned you know, about the barber, for instance. Uh, Ron, what are we going to do here so people can get back to work? And what are you going to do if you have a job where you rely on touching people and the government says you can't work right now. I see people all around the country just saying, you know what? Screw it. I'm going back to work. I read a story today about a gentleman that owns a raceway in the South. It's a raceway that he built with his father in 1976. He said, no, I'm not waiting for the government. If I don't go back to work, uh, then my family and I, we're going to go broke. We're going to go hungry. We have to feed ourselves. We haven't gotten these small business loans like these giant corporations have gotten. And we haven't got that $1,200 stimulus uh, money. That hasn't happened for me yet. I haven't got a grant. I just, I need to get back to work. So what do you say to folks, Ron, that are like, hey, I, I don't, you know, I'm not a white collar guy with 10 million in the bank. I got to go to work today. Well, I understand that pressure, and, and a lot of us feel that pressure. At the same time, we are going to see a resurgence of the resurgence of this virus. I think. I think when you you have like the state of Texas, the lieutenant governor there, Dan Patrick, saying, "Hey, you know what? There's 25 million people in Texas. Old folks are going to die. Like, sorry." Like, we're just going to have to sacrifice some of the older, more vulnerable populations uh, for the good of the of the rest of us. Like, 
some people buy into that and think that that's okay. And it's like, well, sorry, if, if, if it's either them or me, like if we get into that mentality of like, well, I, I don't have enough money and I need to survive and my family needs to, to, to feed itself and to work. And so I guess an old person is just going to die somewhere else that I don't know. Like I, I don't subscribe to that worldview. I, I think that there there needs to be some sort of happy medium. And yeah, I feel for the hairstylists of the world or even the construction workers of the world. Like there's a lot of things that don't make sense in this pandemic right now. Right down the street from my house, there is a pot shop and it is open and people go in and out of there day in and day out uh, to get their mer- medical marijuana or recreational marijuana needs. Across the street is a barbershop. They're not open. And so, you know, people come here and you have, I see workers drive up to my building and they are delivering food. They're delivering uh, Amazon packages. Most of them, by the way, anecdotally, are women and people of color. Like you don't have a ton of middle-aged white people doing deliveries. And this is just anecdotal. I'm just saying we have vulnerable populations doing the most vulnerable work. Um, and yet at the same time, if I'm a contractor and I saw this on my Facebook the other day, if, if someone was renovating a person's kitchen and then now they can't renovate the kitchen anymore, now you've got a family whose kitchen is halfway done and not operational and yet they can't go in and finish that kitchen. So in, in one sense was me ordering replacement garbage bags for my, garbage can essential because an Amazon worker had to fill that order. And yet a person's kitchen that is not operational that needs to be finished, that's non-essential. So like those things don't make a lot of sense. And I understand the frustration that people are feeling. However, um, rolling this, just opening the floodgates and letting people just go wherever they want, do whatever they want. You're going to see a, a spike in, in COVID cases. I, I really, really believe that. Look no further than New York City. Yeah. Let's do this. Come back. We'll talk specifically about what's happened to southern states and what may or may not be happening here in the great state of Washington on the other side of this. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab, and they sent us this message. The safety of the customers of Les Schwab and its employees is a top priority. We're committed to staying open to provide necessary services to our customers, particularly those we all rely on for essential services and who cannot self-isolate as long as we can and as long as it aligns with guidance from local health officials. We're taking serious steps to help protect the health of our customers, employees, and communities. Based on guidance from the CDC and the World Health Organization, we increased our cleaning and disinfecting efforts in every store and have temporarily shut down our popcorn machines in coffee service as an extra precaution. Anyone who's had an unexpected flat tire, brake trouble, or a dead battery knows why our customers depend on us to help ensure their vehicle is safe and reliable, even during these unusual times. We want to thank our store employees who remain dedicated to helping our community get where they need to go. For those of you who have to keep moving in order to support our communities or to get the support they need, we're committed to staying open as long as we can and as long as it aligns with the guidance from local health officials. Like so many other businesses, we're continually monitoring the situation and evaluating how best to support and protect our employees and communities. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. 
Hey, you guys, welcome back to episode 94. I just want to encourage you. Uh, we just did a run it on sit down. We did it on Zoom uh, before we started broadcasting and taping the show today. And we had a client reach out to us. She has a property that is up in Everett. And so uh, we sat together for about an hour and uh, we talked a lot. And what's really great about having a run and done sit down with most of you is that most of you know us because you've been listening to us on the radio for years. And so it is fun to sit down and actually meet the people face to face or computer screen to computer screen. It's fun, Ron, to actually find out how many people have actually not only been listening, but they have a lot of opinions they want to share with us. And uh, that's what we do during the sit down. So if you have a piece of property, buying, selling, investing, uh, investigating right now, you're just investigating what this property is worth. Uh, let's talk because the real estate market around here right now is actually good. You guys, the it's news really is the interesting good. market it's, right now. Very yeah. interesting market. You're seeing people bring listings on and get offers relatively quickly. And like we, we talked about, I think in a couple episodes ago, people are still moving. People still have kids. I was cruising through uh, my socials today and it's like, Hey, our friend, Sarah, they just had a new baby. So it's like, I probably need to get a bigger place. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's the life is still happening. We have a, another client that is moving uh, to a different part of America. They just like your job transfer is up and it's still happening. So yeah, like you need to buy and sell real estate and living situations change uh, irrespective of what's going on with the pandemic. So um, I, I would love, I love meeting the folks on the, uh, on the Ronadon sit downs. Yeah, we do too. Reach out to Ron. Ron at Windermere.com and Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. We'll have a sit down with you today. And uh, you're under no obligation and neither are we. We're just we're just having a conversation and we'll see where that goes. All right. Ron at Windermere.com uh, and reach out. Ron, uh, Washington State. Uh, and I shared this story. My mother, I was talking to her about a month and a half ago. And she was with her childhood friend, Sandy. She handed the phone to Sandy. Sandy has a motor home with her husband, Doug. And she asked me, she said, what is it like to live in the death zone? They were referring to Seattle as the death zone. She said, you know what? I'm going to Nashville. And they were going to jump in their motorhome, go to Nashville. Then you find out Nashville may have a bigger epidemic than we had here in Seattle. Seattle, comparatively to where we thought the trend was going, has really calmed down. And now what's happening is other governors in other states who are initially looking at Washington and California and Oregon, and Oregon hasn't had a lot of cases. Uh, they really haven't. California per capita, they've actually done very well here with the social distancing. I've checked in with friends that are down in California and they have taken social distancing and the closing of these businesses. They have taken it on as a job and they are very, very serious about that. Uh, now what we're seeing, Ron, is governors, and is this a political thing? We're seeing governors, especially in the South, say, you know what? We can't wait. We can't wait on New York. We can't wait on Washington. We can't wait on Seattle. We can't wait on California. We got to go, and we got to get working. Are, are these governors that, that, that you think are afraid that they're going to lose their seat if they don't get people back to work? And so, therefore, when it comes to, to health and health care, uh, their constituents – are they putting a, a, their political uh, beliefs 
in their political drive before the state safety of their constituents. What do you think? I'm sure that some of them are. Listen, there needs to be a plan to start to reopen stuff. It's just going to be the, the difficult part, and this comes from over 20 years of trying to be nuanced on the radio. Nuance is hard because really the plan needs to be on the local level like you just described, but in a complicated way. So you need to be able to say, here's how many ICU beds we have. Here's what our current uh, ICU COVID-related beds uh, consist of. And so here's how we're going to roll it back. But then if you see a spike, you're going to have to pull the leash again. And so people are going to feel, unless you're really paying attention and communicate this well, people are going to feel jerked around and they're going to be jerked around. And so you could say, all right, what's next on the list? Probably construction workers. Okay, we're going to ease back construction workers and maybe uh, food service workers. So we're going to open these two sectors. We're going to give it a month and then see what happens to our healthcare system. And so if it spikes again, we're going to have to yank it back. People are not going to like that, but that's really the plan you need to do. You can't just say we're back to normal. Open up the movie theaters. Let's just have a concert. Sounders game. Everybody go down there and let's get 40,000 people at a Sounders game. Let's, let's have the Mariners come back and go to a baseball game and get all of the support staff in there making hot dogs and selling beer and sitting two, you know, six inches away from your person that you don't know, know who they are. I'm sorry, we can't do that. But to say, hey, here was a job site that represented a bunch of jobs. Uh, here's the guy that wanted to repair a kitchen, go in and finish that kitchen, but practice these guidelines. I think you need to do that. And then if you see a spike, you yank the chain and people need to be able to be patient with that and not go, oh, what are you guys? Are, last week you said I could do it and now you can't. Yeah, last week we said you could do it and now you can't. Uh, I'm sorry, but that's kind of how it's going to have to go here for a while. And so maybe a job on the job site that would have taken, you know, three months to finish in 2019 is now going to take five or six months to finish the same project because you just can't have the same pacing that you did before. You can't have a crew of 25 drywall workers standing shoulder to shoulder. Maybe you're going to have to have 10 drywall workers that just take longer to finish that project. And, and then if the, if, if the sickness spikes again, you have to pull back. People are not going to be happy with it, but I think that's the only way you're going to have to do it. Yeah. And I wonder how you're going to enforce that. Cause a lot of things that we're talking about, uh, there are a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot. There are some people, uh, that have gone back to work. I have a friend that's a plumber and he's like, you know what? I, I got to work. I, I, I can't sit at home. I got to go out and work. My guys got to go out and work. We got to generate income and we got to save this building until someone comes along and puts me in handcuffs. I'm just going to be, I'm, I'm going to be out there working. We saw this a little bit when you and I were out last week, we were looking at listing a property down South in Puyallup. Traffic was bumper to bumper. Uh, over the weekend when I went out to buy some groceries, I was really astonished at how many people uh, were out and about and you see a lot of areas around the country where they're starting to at least open up parks and beaches again. And I think we do have to allow space for people to get outside, get some vitamin D, 
stretch their legs a little bit and at least exercise. So maybe I, I that do think it, it is political. There are some political overtones in there. I don't want to paint it all with a, with a broad brush. This is an election year. I think if you're telling people to get back to work because it's a media hoax or someone's trying to take down the president and don't believe, like if it's coming from that place, I think it's completely misguided. I think if it's coming from, listen, these are the economic realities and we are going to try to do things in a conscientious way and we're leaving the door open to be rational about it. And if we do need to pull back, I get it. Um, then to me, that's just the approach on it's very different. You know, we mentioned the, the state of Texas. If you're just saying, hey, we're fatalists, it's just a, a, a math problem. We're going to have people die. No big deal. I think that's the wrong approach. Or if you're saying just complete misinformation, it's like, hey, take this drug that has not been tested and you're going to be fine. No, that's not how you recommend, you know, taking a drug. You, you brought up the, you know, people are now mixing disinfectants together. Uh, we've seen cases of people drinking hand sanitizer because they think it will sanitize them from the inside out. It's like those things are completely misguided. Yeah. All right. Let's come back, talk about some of the uh, headlines. And we also want to get your thoughts. You can reach out to us at ronanddon.com. Uh, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. It's episode 94 on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, you guys, now a word from Les Schwab. Uh, right now, quote, we're taking serious steps to help protect the health of our customers, our employees, and our communities. Based on guidance from the CDC and the World Health Organization, we have increased our cleaning and disinfecting efforts in every store, and we have temporarily shut down our popcorn machines and coffee service as an extra precaution. For those who have to keep moving in order to support our communities or to get the support that they need, we are committed to staying open as long as we can and as long as it aligns with the guidance from local health officials, like so many. There's so many businesses. We continually are monitoring the situation and we're evaluating how best to support and protect our employees and our communities. So don't forget, you guys, Les Schwab. They've been in the community for a long time, since 1952. And I can tell you, in being one of their spokesmen for the last 12 years, this is where Les Schwab really leans in and they really help. So if you're listening to this and you're out in a delivery truck right now, or if you're out in a semi, an 18, whatever it is, there is a Les Schwab near you, so make sure you pick up the phone, you give them a call, or find one just right on your smart device at LesSchwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com. Doing the right thing, you know it matters. Hey, guys. Welcome back. It's the Ron and Don Show, uh, live from the Les Schwab Studios, episode 94. Ron and I are social distancing, so... Thanks for putting up with the way that this show sounds. Uh, it sounds a little gritty because we're just doing it off our laptops. So, and you may be listening to us off your laptop. So maybe that's that, that feels okay to you. Ron, let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, just some headlines. Ameri and you and you talked about this in the last segment. Uh, there was a story uh, CNN today about Americans poisoning themselves. Poisoning themselves. What's going on here? Yeah, folks are trying to stay clean, and they're trying to invent different ways to do this. And uh, there was one woman that mixed straight bleach, um, industrial cleaner, and something else into her kitchen sink to create 
this super concoction in her mind that would sanitize everything. It created noxious fumes and she had to go to the hospital. Mm. Get another person that was like, well, if hand sanitizer kills COVID on the outside, then why don't I just consume hand sanitizer and kill it from the inside out? Uh, and I understand, I guess I can understand that logic, but after drinking hand sanitizer, had to go to the hospital uh, because that induced obvious, you know, sickness on their part. So people are, are, are doing these homebrew recipes with not a lot of success. The other one is, you know, the president recommending a drug for lupus um, and, and to take it for the COVID, even though there's no proof that it works. And now lupus patients can't get their prescriptions filled because people are now gobbling it all up to do COVID related things. So I, I just, it's, it's disheartening the amount of people that are buying into conspiracy theories, misinformation, and just making up their own stuff as they go. It, because the, the real solution seems too simple to be true. Yeah. Be vigilant, wear a mask, wash your hands, disinfect your surfaces. That, that's, that's all we got right now. Yeah. Well, uh, what about this out of the headlines today? Heart attack patients. It seems like nobody's having a heart attack in America because they're not seeing these heart attacks and strokes in emergency rooms uh, right now. As I dig into that story a little bit, it seems like heart attacks and strokes are actually happening, but people are so fearful to go to a hospital. And I have to say, I would put myself in that category. I threw my back out. Uh, when all this started uh, about six weeks ago, I was on a jackhammer and I was down in a hole and I was just working on one of my uh, properties. And I picked up this jackhammer and I turned around uh, and I'm down in the hole, probably seven feet. I'm six one. So I'm taking the jackhammer, turning, twisting, lifting it above me. And as I'm pushing the jackhammer out of the hole, boom, my sciatic went, which, which happens once, twice a year. This is, this is the most painful, though, the most pain I've ever felt. Uh, and I still feel it today now, six weeks later. I don't go to the doctor a lot. On that one, I would have gone to the doctor. Uh, and what I decided to do instead uh, was to just jump on a telecall uh, with my doctor in early April. So that's what we ended up doing. Uh, I was very fearful. Of, of going to an emergency room. And from the stories that we hear or that we heard early on, I can see why people wouldn't want to go to an emergency room if they felt like uh, something had happened. Blowing your back out, though, is very, very different than having a stroke or having a heart attack. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why they went out and they set up these tent hospitals outside of a lot of ERs so that they could deal with patients that you would normally deal with when you weren't having a pandemic. And Ron, not, not as many of those patients showing up. So what do you think is going on here? Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I, I think you're right that people are leery of, of going into hospitals. Um, we're just, we're, it's just going to take time. And that sucks. It's a really unsatisfying answer. Um, and it doesn't get a lot of headlines. Be patient. It does not get you a lot of clicks uh, anywhere right now. That's so, right. Being patient, being level-headed, staying the course, those are really boring and frustrating uh, storylines, but that's the storyline that we're in. I, I do fear or am watching closely 
this division among states and governors. We're seeing, like you mentioned before, uh, West Coast governors, East Coast governors sort of creating a coalition and it's becoming an us versus them. Uh, when we start playing with herd immunity and start playing with pandemics along these political lines, that that I think is a recipe for disaster. Like I, I don't want to see elderly folks or or people with health compromises in the in red states die unnecessarily. Uh, it it uh, I really try to get into the mindset of like, okay, who are these people that are going to Olympia and protesting? Uh, to open the state back up as if it was something that the governor could control. As if Jay Inslee's inside the governor's mansion going, you know what I'm going to do is I, I'm going to turn on this virus so that I can score some political points and put down conservatives. Like, I don't understand what they think is going to happen if you just open up everything right now that i'm going to protest therefore yeah we swing the floodgates open and, and and then what happens everyone starts getting sick again like i just i, I it's, it's very unusual people are very very fearful right now there are a lot of fear going around yeah finally a story out of the uh, wall street journal this is the workers at uh, the lysol plant back east they feel like they have a mission now uh if you go into the store you will see toilet paper you see paper towels. You still don't see a lot of Lysol products, though. Uh, you will find gloves, but not necessarily masks. But you can order masks now online. Or you can look in the Seattle Times. Our friend Ming Ming was showing people how to make masks uh, over the weekend. Uh, and by the way, Ming Ming and the Refugee uh, Artist Initiative, uh, they have just been asked to make 7,000 more masks for the people in New York City. Wow. Uh, so they're busy doing that today, making another 900, I believe, I, no, 750 masks for uh, the Pierce County Sheriff's Department. They've already delivered 750. So all that information is on our Facebook page if you want to check that out. They say the last time they felt this much zhuzh at the, at the Lysol plant was back in 1918. <laughs> they said that. They said, yeah, back, back in 1918, uh, we were trying to understand uh, and a lot of people thought then that it was a bacteria, not a virus. And they didn't understand a lot what was happening with the flu in 1918 and that particular pandemic. And they don't even still know how many people have died. They say somewhere between 20 and 40 million people. And of course, the population then uh, was a lot smaller and people didn't travel internationally uh, as much. So as we look at this story, I think it's really interesting. Uh, usually at this particular Lysol plant, they get 20 railroad cars of alcohol delivered a month they say now it's somewhere between 50 and 60 railroad cars they are making lysol products around the clock and uh they have meetings every morning and they say it's like going into a football game uh you really feel the energy of this and they're feeling a lot of energy in their jobs right now because they feel like they are beyond essential workers and it's given them a real sense of purpose. Ron, overall, it is pretty interesting, and we talked about this on episode 93, and you talked about this earlier. A lot of the heroes, when we look back in this pandemic, are going to be some of the refugees that we talked about, these women that are sewing these masks now, sent them to New York City, and they made a lot of these masks for area hospitals, and, and we've been lucky enough to be able to deliver some of those masks. Or when you look at uh, particular Uber drivers now that are delivering food, to your point, uh, a lot of people that are here 
and delivering food for many of them. English isn't even their first language. Uh, you look at some of the folks that have been brought in over the years uh, to pick the crops here in the United States from places like Mexico. And now we're seeing that these folks really are important uh, essential work. Have you had this yet happen? Like I was in the store the other day and I had to manually override myself. I saw Clorox wipes and the disinfectant spray on the counter and there was maybe five tubs of the wipes left. My urge was to buy all five. <laughs> like I wanted to just take my hand and go and put all of them in my cart. Yeah. And then I had to stop and there was like five boxes of latex gloves. They came in like a 50 pack. And I was like, I should just buy all of this. Hmm. Like, Cause then I won't have to worry about it. Like I'll be set for the next X number of months. And I had to literally stop in the aisle and go, you know what? I'm going to be fine. I'm going to buy one of each cause I don't, didn't have any wipes and I'm just going to buy one of each. That's all I need. I don't need, all, I don't need to clear the aisle, but I, th I wanted to. There was something in me that wanted to scoop all of that stuff up, and I'm glad that I didn't, but there's, there's a part of my brain, that lizard brain, that's like, oh, you missed out. Like, you, need, you needed all five of those. What are you doing? You're making a mistake by not getting all five, um, and it, it was a very strong desire to just clear that shelf off and put all of it in my cart. Yeah. And so you did it anyway. No, no, I just bought one of each. <laughs> bought one of each. Uh, well, good for you, man. My, my point in all that is we will look back, and, and yes, we always embrace the military and our first responders, but then to see so many women, 78% of our healthcare workers are women, see so many women and minorities to be on the front lines of this, uh, it's really extraordinary. It is very, very extraordinary. So any final thoughts, Ron, as we uh, finish up episode 94, all this brought to you by our good friends at Les Schwab. We are live from the Les Schwab studios. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I have day, good days and bad days. I think like everybody else, like I'm trying to make more good decisions and bad decisions. I, my, uh, I guess advice to everybody was, is like, I think we're experiencing a collective grief in that we don't really know what the object of the grief is. Like if your dog dies and you're sad, you know why. You can aim that grief at the fact that your dog died. Right now we're all grieving and it's we don't really know why. It's in there's this sense of ambiguous loss. And so I think being kind to ourselves, just uh not being too hard when you when you stumble or when you eat the wrong thing or don't walk the right number of steps or whatever it is. So I think my, my final thoughts are, is just keep on moving forward, make more good decisions than bad decisions and realize that it's not your, everybody's not operating optimally right now. And it's okay to be at 75% or 70% and you're still doing pretty good. 70% is the new 95%. Hey, and if your 12 year old ends up cutting your hair, like Eric Powers, uh, the DJ I was telling you about from Seattle earlier, you're, you are having experiences right now that you will never have again, that you would never have. Uh, my son and I last night, my son and I decided we wonder what it would be like uh, to take special treats to our neighbors who we haven't seen in a long, long time. And so we wondered what it would be like to take these Reese's peanut butter cups that are already sealed 
And then I wiped everything off with, with uh, Lysol and we put it in bags and we put on our masks and our gloves because we wanted our neighbors to know that we were being very careful in the way that we handled food that we wanted to share with them. Uh, and it was really nice to just go to our neighborhood and see some faces that we haven't seen in a long time. And those faces really enjoyed seeing our faces too. Uh, so that was really nice. And, and I think we all miss just touching each other. Shaking, I, I just want to be giving around somebody, giving somebody a hug. I mean, I'm a, I'm a hugger. I'm a handshaker. I'm a back slapper. And when those things are taken away, you got to figure out a figurative way to go ahead and still do those. So. I want to be around when, when your son goes back to school and I think you're going to like openly weep and hug the music teacher. Like, oh my God, you teach him how to play the trumpet. Oh ah. my God, Can you teach him how to do the math. You're oh. the greatest. Like you are, I think you're just going to hug them and probably uh, fall on your knees and thank them for all these, not knowing what it's like to teach uh, a 10 year old. All day long, every day. Yeah, really good. Good stuff, you guys. Thanks for listening to episode 94. We appreciate you. Uh, Don't forget, Ron and I are always here for you. If you want to do a Ron and Don sit down, uh, that's real easy to do. Uh, We've been doing those this week, and there is a way to still buy and sell property. And we can do it virtually online. And what I can tell you is the real estate business is actually very, very solid in the Pacific Northwest right now. And so we're all very appreciative uh, for that. All right. Just want to encourage you. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>